0: Amen. If you grab your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter number 8. You're saying, wait a minute, we're not in John. Well, today's a special occasion as today we are coming together to honor our seniors. You might wonder, well, what is he going to preach about? Old age? No, I'm going to preach about wisdom. We're going to talk about wisdom as you can read in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 31 that silver hair is a crown of glory of wisdom to those who possess it this morning. But as you're turning in your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 8. we We'll beginning in verse number 1. We're looking up. Uh, we're going to be re- look, remembering what we say every week here at Riverside. I choose to believe the Bible because it is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They are supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of prophecies. They are divine, not human in origin. We here at Riverside also believe in sola scriptura, which means we believe in the scriptures and the scriptures alone. We don't believe that the denomination trumps scriptures. We don't We don't believe that the Pope trumps scriptures. We don't believe that the the government trumps scriptures, that we live by scripture and scripture alone. We believe in sola fide. We believe in faith and faith alone. We don't believe in faith plus tithing saves anybody. Amen. We don't believe that faith plus church attendance is what saves you. Faith and faith alone. We believe in sola Cristas, a Latin phrase that means Christ and Christ alone. We don't believe that Christ plus anything ruins everything basically it's what we believe, but we believe in Christ and Christ alone. It's Christ all by himself. Saves us to himself for himself. We believe in sola gracia, a Latin phrase that means grace and grace alone. That it's grace that saves us. If you can earn grace this morning, then it's a wage. And you can earn it, you can lose it. But grace is bestowed upon you by God Almighty. And it's grace, grace alone that saves sinners. We believe in sola gracia, a Latin phrase that means sola deo gloria. Excuse me, sola deo is a Latin phrase that means God's glory alone. As our children get ready to begin school this week we're, we're going to send them off on the school bus or let them drive however they attend their local school. We send them to school to get a higher education and more learning. We send them there not to get a piece of the American pie, a slice of the American pie to get a bigger house, to, to finance better clothes and get gas in their car and put money in the bank. That's not why we send our children to school. We send them to school for so Deo Gloria. For God's glory alone. That's why this church exists. It's not to cater to the members' needs. It's not to be a a, a country club to make sure all the members are happy. My job is not a concierge to make sure everyone has their nose wiped and their bottoms clean. My job is for God's glory and His glory alone. Amen, somebody. So if you have your Bible, and I surely hope you do, you can grab a Bible right there in your pew and open up to Proverbs chapter number 8. Let us begin. Here in Proverbs chapter number 8, as many of you possibly know, Proverbs was written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. I don't know how wise he was because he had about a thousand wives and 800 concubines. Don't sound too wise, but the Bible says he was the wisest man who ever lived. Maybe he kept them all from fighting. Amen? I don't know. But Proverbs is opening up. Here in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 1, does not wisdom call, does not wisdom understand, her voice. You'll notice here in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 1 as Solomon writes he gives he gives wisdom a gender. He calls her a her. He gives her a pronoun, a female possessive pronoun calling wisdom a woman. Now you might say, well, why does he do that? Is he is he woke? Many of you might not know what that means. It's, it's a new phrase that goes around in our culture these days. It's where we want to make sure that everybody has gender equality. There are many churches that are actually getting rid of the pronouns of calling God the Heavenly Father. They'll call Him God the Heavenly Mother. They'll call Him God the, the, the uh, unbinary. They'll just make sure that they don't want to offend anyone. And is that what Solomon is doing here in chapter number 8 as he's calling wisdom out? Her, because in chapter 8, verse 12, he changes he changes the pronoun to something else. And we'll get to verse 12 in a moment. But I must explain, this is called the study of hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is when you put stuff in context. You've seen hermeneutics before. Have you ever turned on CNN or Fox News? And they'll have a tad bit of something that someone said in the, in the culture. And they'll spin that thing and they'll say, Well, so-and-so said this, and they take it completely out of context and blow it up. This means yes. Yes. I've seen that. Yes. People have done that to me. Kevin said this. Well, you got to put that thing in context. When I said she stunk, I didn't mean no. No, that's not. That, you have to put things in context. The reason Solomon begins in chapter number 8 calling wisdom a woman is because back in chapter 7, he talks about the promiscuous woman. The woman whose bed leads to hell. The woman who is the incarnate of sin, death, hell, and the grave. So of course in chapter number 8, carrying on with that theme, he starts to talk about the woman who is wise. The epitome of wisdom. She cries out. She calls out. We have read recently in John chapter number 7 where Jesus cried out in the street. He is the incarnation of wisdom. Cries out. Wisdom does not not cry out. Does not understanding raise her voice. In our culture and time, it's true, we're over flooded with information. You can pull out your phone right now and Google anything. Google all kinds of information. We're overwhelmed with information. But there's not much wisdom in our culture today. Amen. Those with gray hair and those who are a little old and aged, you can remember a time when they didn't have internet, don't you? You can remember a time whenever you were riding down the road and you need to make a phone call. You had to find a phone booth, amen. And you had to find a quarter too. So if you want to go way back, you had to find a nickel. Don't look at them. But now wisdom is not very well known, but information is everywhere. But now wisdom calls out. Wisdom cries out, does not understanding raise her voice? Wisdom is crying out, coming to me. Wisdom is screaming. But it's almost like wisdom is being muffled by information. Most of the millennials get picked on. Millennials are anyone who's born after 1980 on. They get picked on because many people say, well, they can't change a tire and they can't drive a stick shift. But they can Google that thing and find out. But they might not have wisdom have information knowing that tomato is a fruit. It's really a fruit. But you got wisdom to know you don't put it in a fruit salad. I mean, but (laughs) information and wisdom are two different things. We teach our children. We teach them information. You need to know this. I teach my children information. But I tell them you need to know wisdom too. Wisdom far exceeds information. Wisdom is knowing God and trusting in Him. Does not wisdom cry out? Wisdom is crying out to humanity. Understanding raises her voice. In verse number 2, on the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Notice, wisdom cries out in places where people are gathered. She reaches them. She pursues the people. Wisdom and understanding are seeking out people. Verse 3, beside the gates at the front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. Here is the very words of wisdom crying out in verse number 4. To you, O oh men, I call, and, to, and my cries to the children of men. Notice wisdom cries out to all of mankind, even our children. Wisdom screams and cries out and reaches towards one generation to the next. In a time in our culture now where everything has to be new. Get the newest gadget. Get the newest car. Get the newest technology. The new, new, new. That's all we hear. But there's nothing wrong with the old. Amen. The old is ti- t- tried and tested. I know it's tired too, but it's tried and tested. The old is, is, has been proven. But in our society, we try to cover up our gray with dye. We tried to hide our wrinkles with foundation. We tried to make sure that we're trending. I was recently at a restaurant and I remember some ladies behind me They were much older. However, from the neck up, they looked like they were in their 80s. But the neck down, they didn't look that way. They looked like they were in their 20s as they wore the most fashionable clothes, showing off their wrinkled belly buttons, trying to impress other people. However, they couldn't come to, come to terms that age and wisdom are beautiful. In our congregation, we have, we have, a, we have a select few. We have a, sprinkled in. We have young and the old, and we honor both here. But there's some churches, they only want the young. They only want the zeal and the passion, but we need the age and the wisdom also sprinkled in. We need the understanding, and I thank God that we have that here at Riverside, that we don't toss out the aged and the old into tradition, that we can learn something from one generation to the other, but we must understand each other, because it's not about generations. It's not about building a millennial church that's on the cutting edge. It's about honoring Jesus, Jesus and Jesus alone. Here, wisdom cries out to all generations. One cries out to man and the children of man. This is what wisdom says in verse 5. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. If you're here today and you feel simple, truly, come, come learn from wisdom. If you don't have wisdom to be a, a godly husband, come learn from wisdom. If you don't have wisdom to be a godly wife, come, come learn from wisdom. If you don't have wisdom to be a, a godly son or daughter, come learn from wisdom. How do you deal with aged parents? Come learn from wisdom. How do you deal with crazy children? Come learn from wisdom. How do you keep a marriage together? Come learn from wisdom. How do you carry yourself as a young man? Come learn from wisdom. How do you carry yourself as a young woman? Come learn from wisdom. Verse 6, hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. Notice in verse 6, the lips of wisdom always speaks what's right. Wisdom despises lies. You will not find any gray area when it comes to wisdom besides the gray hairs. Gray, in a time where we have 50 shades of gray, is the number one book in our society. Give me a woman who reads Psalms. 50, amen. Here we see he, that the wisdom speaks noble things. And she only speaks what's right. Verse 7, For my mouth will utter truth. With all the information in our day and time, give us some people who speak the truth. There are people who will come along to other people who have mental disorders and say, Well, I, I feel like I'm a woman. Or I feel like I'm a helicopter or I'm a puppy dog. And they will affirm them and throw them parades. Speak the truth. You were born a man or a woman designed by God. And the truth is you can cut off whatever you want. Take whatever hormones you want. But you cannot change your biology. That's the truth. Homosexuality is a sin. That's the truth. Shacking up is a sin. That's the truth. Worshipping anything other than Jesus... Is a sin and idolatry. That's the truth. From her lips will come what is true and what is right. In verse 7, she will utter the truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Notice you will not see wisdom compromising, wisdom will not change things to make sure the culture is comfortable in its sin. In verse number 8, all the words of my mouth are righteous and there is nothing twisted or crooked in them. Truth is a straight shooter. Verse 9, they're all, they're all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Verse 10, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than the choice, gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, verse 11, and all that you may discern cannot compare to her. In Verse 10 and 11, wisdom exclaims that wisdom is better than money, better than being paid, better than being paid to be foolish. I heard one man say, everyone has a price. And it's a lot lower than you think. How much could we pay you to compromise and let truth fall into streets? How much could we pay you to ignore the truth and ignore wisdom? Verse 11, For wisdom is better, far better than jewels, that all who may desire cannot compare with her. There's no comparison. No comparison between wisdom and... And filthy lucre is what the Old Testament calls it. In verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Here we see a shift in verse number 12 as Solomon writes, now he begins to put the indwelling of wisdom in the person of Jesus Christ. For who else is wisdom in this passage describing? As we read it together in verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge in discretion. These words, these huge words basically... Far extend my knowledge and understanding. For wisdom finds you in knowledge and discretion. In verse thirteen, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech. I hate. In verse number thirteen, he gets more serious as Solomon is writing about the person of Jesus Christ. From this point on, I want you to imagine Jesus Christ saying these words. He hates perverted speech. He hates the way of evil. Let this penetrate into your heart and mind as you gather around the water cooler tomorrow morning, Monday morning, with your coworkers, and someone cracks a filthy joke. Remember, so saith the Lord, I hate perverted speech. Lord, may You guard over our tongues and our minds. May You hold on to us. May wisdom cry out to us. Lord, I know that wisdom cries out in the street, but Lord, my headphones are on so tight that I can't hear her. That my radio is so loud that I can't hear My TV, blaring in the culture's music that I cannot hear her. I don't know discretion and wisdom. And the society says, if it does, if it feels good, do it. I want to be like everybody else, I want to blend in. I want to. I don't want to stick out. I don't, to, I don't want to be like the fish that's going against the current. Verse 14, I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight and I have strength. If you need counsel and sound wisdom, look to Jesus this morning. If you need strength this morning, look to Jesus. If you need understanding, look to Jesus. Verse 15, by me kings reign, and rules decree what is just. By me princes rules. In verse 15, we see that all things were created for him, through him and by him. Speaking of Jesus Christ. In verse 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Are you seeking wisdom today, or are you dulling your wisdom are you looking for the truth? Are you trying to find the truth? Or rather you be? Or do you rather be comforted with lies this morning? Verse 18, riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. Verse 18, I remember watching a, a movie once. It was a young man as he was getting dressed to go to his first job he's being dressed and he's adjusting his tie he was was getting ready to begin his first day at work and his wife come up to him and even though he was being a custodian in the local school he was putting on his suit to go to the job and he would change when he gets there but he looked at her in the mirror he says I feel and look like the richest man in the world and his wife comes over and brushes off his shoulders and kisses him on the cheek and says that's because you see this man even though he was going to a menial job he was going to a place where he was, he was actually below his skill level but he was going to be pushing a broom he was doing it for the glory of God and he was blessed because he had health he was blessed because he had a wonderful wife who loved him he was blessed because he had children playing at his feet he was rich beyond comparison this morning riches and honor are with me enduring wealth and righteousness verse number 18 Come to wisdom, and you'll have riches and wisdom. The measure of a man is not found by what's in his bank account. The measure of a man is not found by how many notches are on his belt or how many notches are in his door his bedpost. Riches and honor are found in wisdom, enduring wealth and righteousness. Verse 19 My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and they yield they and my yield more than choice silver. Truly this morning, truly if you want riches beyond compare, you will not find them in this world. For riches in this world are deceiving. They'll buy your soul and you'll wear them as chains. But wisdom cries out to you. Seek me. Invest in me. Cry out to me. And you'll have fruit that's better than gold and find gold. Verse number 20. I walk in the way of righteousness and the path of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and fulfilling their treasures. Wisdom is still exclaiming that that's the way of righteousness, path of justice, doing what's fair, granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. I've heard an old preacher one time say, I'm sending up my timber. I said, Preacher, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by sending up your timber? That means he was doing great and wonderful work for Jesus, but he wasn't doing it to build up his reputation here, to make sure his his, his empire here was growing. But for the kingdom of God, he was sending up timber up into heaven for God's glory and His glory alone. Verse 22, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His works. The first of His acts of old. In verse 22, we see that wisdom is older than the earth itself. We see the incarnation of Jesus Christ in verse 22. In the acts of old, in verse 23, ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. Here we see the illumination of Jesus Christ being before time. In verse 24, and there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaken, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before He had made the earth with all its fields, or the first of the dust of the earth. In verse 27, When He established the heavens, I was there. When He drew the circle of the face of the deep, we see here Solomon writing about a certain person, and his name was Jesus. Before the mountains were formed, wisdom incarnate was there. Before you got into your troubles, Jesus already saw and already knew what you are going to face. Before you had that sleepless night, Jesus knew the trouble that you were going to face. Before you came across that obstacle, before you came across that difficulty or came to that mountain, Jesus was there before the mountain. So this morning, I don't know what kind of troubles you face. I don't know what kind of sicknesses that are in front of you. What kind of valleys you're getting ready to walk through. But what as we just wrote, before the foundations of the world were made, Jesus was there. He is the epitome, the incarnation of wisdom. How am I going to make it through this? How am I going to hold it together? How am I supposed to be a model as to what you're telling me to do? And I've never seen it exemplified in my life. I've never seen a marriage that's held together so many years. I've never seen a faithful husband or a faithful wife. I've never seen a God-honoring young man or a God-honoring young woman. All of my generations that I've seen before me have come from broken homes and broken lives. I've never seen it before. Hold on to Jesus, for truly He holds on to you. Amen. Before the mountains were shaped, Jesus was there. Before the heavens were established, Jesus was there. Before the circle of the earth, of the face of the deep, was created, Jesus was there. Before, in verse 28, before the skies above were established, the fountains of the deep, Jesus was there. In verse 29, when He assigned the sea to His limit, so that the waters would not transgress His command. When He marked out the foundations of the earth, There I was beside Him, in verse 30, like a master workman. And I was daily His delight, rejoicing before Him always. Rejoicing in the inhabitation world and delighting in the children of man. This morning, where does your help come from? Where do you find wisdom and knowledge and understanding? Do you pick up the phone and get on the grapevine and let everybody know your trials and tribulations? Do you go Google your troubles and problems to find the answer? As I was picking on earlier uh, information. This morning I want you to depend upon wisdom itself. Trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. Lean upon Him. For He was here before the oceans were told you could only go this far. As God told the oceans you can't go beyond this point. Jesus stood there. As God formed the mountains with His finger and created the valleys by scooping them up, Jesus was there. As He scattered the stars by the works of His fingers, Jesus was there. Before you said, I do, at the altar, Jesus was there. Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, Jesus was there. That's right. But maybe this morning you're saying, where are you now, Jesus? Where are you now, Jesus. Jesus, my body's racked with pain. Where are you now? Jesus, my marriage is on the rocks. Where are you now? Jesus, my children have lost their mind. Where are you now? Jesus, my mind is turned against me and it's falling apart piece by piece. Where are you now? Jesus, my finances are shipwrecked. Where are you now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, my relationship is falling apart. Where are you now? Jesus, I can't sleep at night. Because I'm swimming my bed in tears. Where are you now? Jesus is there. He's still seated on the throne. No word do I read in Scripture that they'll have an election every four years to find a new Jesus. Amen. We're not going to storm the gates of heaven and kick in the gates and pull down His throne and establish our own rule and reign. No one is going to be elected king of kings and lord of lords here. There's only one prince of peace. And they call him that because he gives peace. If you need peace today, come to Jesus. How do I do that? What are you talking about? Speak plain language. Let me lay it down simple for even my children can understand. You've lived your life the way you wanted to live. You've done all that you wanted to You actually have looked up at God and said, I'm going to call my own fouls and my own strikes. I got this. I'm going to run things. You step aside. You may be God in heaven, seated on the throne, but you're not going to be the God of my life. For I'm a rebel. I'm a deserter. A deserter. I've gone and done whatever I wanted. Today, he extends an olive branch. You say, I'm going to live how I want. I'm going to do it my way. You say that's a sin, I'm going to say it's not that bad. I'm going to do whatever I desire. So God sends a diplomat to speak to you. The diplomat is not me. The diplomat comes between you and God. And he tries to negotiate. The diplomat speaks to you and says, God is holy. God says that idolatry is a sin. God says I envy is a sin. God says that murder or unforgiveness, gossip is a sin. God says that lust is a sin, pride of life is a sin, gluttony is a sin. God says that dishonoring your mother and father is a sin. God says that living for anything other than him is a sin. Speaking to the rebel this morning, the diplomat tries to be an advocate between you and God. So he turns to God and says, hey, will you let go of idol worship? Would you let it slide? And God will not. Because if he he lets go of idol worship, he's not holy anymore. So he looks at God and says, Hey, will you let go of shacking up? Is that all right? Sleeping around, defiling the marriage bed, dishonoring our bodies for the sake of sin and enjoyment. God will not. He will not change. He will not. He says, I will not change. He is holy. So there's no give and take here. So the advocate turns to you and says, Will you give up idol worship? Will you give up dishonoring the Sabbath day? Will you give up blaspheming? Will you give up envy? Will you give up lying? Will you give up m- murderous hearts and God? Will you give it up and you will not? You will not. You cannot, because that's all you know. So the advocate between you and God says, there has to be a meeting ground. I tell you what, God, in your holiness, you're holy, holy, holy. And this person is not, not not. I will die for their sins. I will bear the weight of punishment. their sins and God crushes the advocate on your behalf that advocate being Jesus wisdom incarnate the reason Jesus is wisdom tonight is because the insane sinner on this side who likes wisdom and understanding walks into wrath it's illogical it makes no sense sin is illogical It's insanity. Truly, if you keep on sinning after you heard the gospel of truth, you is crazy as we say around here. You are crazy. For you have heard the good news of the gospel, yet you keep on sinning. The reason you keep on sinning is because that's what you want. If you truly wanted Christ, you seek Him and want Him. Maybe for a moment, just for a moment, you have a moment of clarity. And you'll come to yourself and say, I'm crazy. I keep on sinning when He has offered an atonement for me. And maybe just for just a moment today, you'll cry out to God and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, for I have broken your laws and your statutes. I have, cried, I have, I have craved sin. I have drunk it up. I've dived into it and i soaked it up into my body and mind. And I only want in and I don't want righteousness. Lord Jesus, will you have me? Will you forgive me? Will you wash me? Will you redeem me? For this is wisdom incarnate, Jesus Christ, speaking to your soul. This morning, I'm not trying to get you to join Riverside Church. I'm not trying to take up a tithe. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel good or bad. I'm telling you the truth. For I'm sent here by God, Jesus Christ himself, to tell you that he is the advocate who died for your sins. This is wisdom to the wise. Come to Jesus. Is it wise to sit in your car in the garage with the door closed? No, you'll die. That's, that's common sense. Is it wise to eat Tide Pods? Is it wise to drink Drainer? Is it wise to put a gun to your head and pull the trigger with only one gun in the chamber and you're just playing Russian roulette? That's not wise. But many of us are using uh, no wisdom in our spiritual lives. Amen. What you really believe about the gospel is how you live. If you believe the gospel is true, if you believe that Jesus really died on the cross for you, died for a sinner such as you, then you'll live like it. You'll forgive people. You'll show grace to other people. Amen. You'll throw down those sins that hold you down and you'll repent and trust in Him. Amen. You won't try to bribe God by good works. Trying to twist God's arm by being nice and recycling, Being pleasant. Did you know pleasant people still go to hell without Christ? Amen. People who don't drink or cuss still go to hell without Christ. Amen. There's people in hell right now who don't cuss. There are people in hell right now who, left, who lived moral lives, who never slept around, who were outstanding members of, the, of the, the country club or the neighborhood, who even went to church, but they still went to hell because they died without Christ. Amen. There are bishops in hell. Preachers in hell, deacons, popes are in hell because they died without Jesus Christ. Today the wrath of God is on you. Those who are living in sin, the wrath of God is on you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 711 that God is angry with the wicked every day. Every day you sit in God's face. Coram Deo is what they say in the Latin. Living in the face of God. Coram Deo. I'm living in your face and I'm sitting openly before you. Doing whatever I want. And every day you imagine a massive dam behind you. And every day you pull out a brick and you laugh about it. Pull out another brick. Reach over here and pull out another brick. As the water starts to spurt out, behind that dam is the wrath of God. And you dance on the edge of that dam laughing, believing that God has forgotten to judge you, that you slid by, that He has ignored all your sins, that you're going to pass a get-out-of-hell-free card. And every day, His wrath is stored up against you. And one day, that dam will break. He will ruin you and utterly destroy you. Here is wisdom come to Jesus while you can what do you mean while I can I come to Jesus when I want to no that's the thing you don't want to in a little while in Hebrews chapter 3 the deceitfulness of sin will get you so high on sin that you don't want Christ you don't want God you don't want redemption all you want is sin Romans 1, 2 and 3 he takes his hands off of you and you're ruined for an eternity If you're here today, you consistently sin. You continue to sin because you want to sin. God will give you exactly what you want. Hell, death, and the grave. But if you're here today and you're hearing the voice of wisdom, the voice of understanding, Jesus, I don't want to go to hell. Jesus, I don't want to die and be ruined forever. Forgive me, a sinner. Wash me by the blood of Jesus. For He spilled His life's blood for me. redeem me. save me. Right where I am today. Jesus will reach you right where you are. Do I have to come to the altar? Do I have to raise my hand and fill out one of the little cards like I did a couple of years ago? No. This is the real deal today. This is the real deal. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my gossip. Forgive me of my envy and my lying. Forgive me of my... Lust and my pride. Forgive me of my anger and unforgiveness. Forgive me of dishonoring my parents. Forgive me of dishonoring the Sabbath day. Forgive me of blaspheming your name. Forgive me of worshiping things smaller than you. When I say worshiping things smaller than you, I mean, I want you to imagine right now that one thing in your life you could not live without. Whether it be your children, your wife, That golf club at home. It can be that job. No matter what it is, that one thing you could not live without, that is an idol. Smash it today and live for Jesus Christ. Repent of not loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Repent and trust in Jesus. The first commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I guarantee you there is no one here who has kept that commandment. That one alone sends us all to hell, including the preacher. So I need grace today. I need someone who will show me mercy. I need an advocate. Someone who will defend me. Someone who will support me and help me. And His name is Jesus. This is wisdom that I'm presenting to you today. Come to Jesus. Come to Christ. Throw down your sins and trust in Him. Brother Danny, if you'll come up and lead us in a course. As he's coming up, I want to explain what repentance means. Many people say, if you say a little prayer after me, you say this little prayer, you're going to heaven. They'll leave leave this church and live however they want. And they said that little prayer. All they're doing is putting their faith in a little phrase that they said. What they're doing is idol worship. They're worshiping that little prayer for their salvation and their strength. This morning, I don't want you to say a little prayer. I don't want nobody to bow their heads and I don't want nobody to close their eyes. I want you to search your heart internally here on this senior Sunday. Maybe you're in your 70s and 80s and you've never heard it preached like this. You've never heard somebody preach the gospel in such a way that it almost offends you. I hope you're offended, but I hope you're saved. Search your heart today and say, Jesus, I'm dirty and I'm stained. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Wash me by the blood that was spilled by Emmanuel's veins. Clean me. Redeem me. And I'll know you're saved today not because you filled out a salvation card. I'll know you're saved today by the way you live from this moment on. You'll live for His glory. You'll live to bring honor to His name. You won't be a blatant sinner anymore. You won't be one who lives for your own desires and your own lusts. You'll live for the one who saved you and redeemed you. You'll live for Jesus. Brother Danny, lead us in a chorus. Number 327.